0: Overtired. So tired. Overtired. Hey, you're listening to Overtired. I am Brett Terpstra. I am here with Christina Warren. Nailed that intro. How's it going, Christina?
1: I'm, I'm, it's going really well, Brett. And yes, you totally nailed that intro. Um. So you're not in like Seattle. I'm not in Seattle right now. No, I'm not. Where, Where are you? got on a plane. I'm in Atlanta, Georgia, because I got on a plane for the first time in 14 months pretty awesome and uh i'm i'm at my parents house i'm on the floor right now uh literally because this is the only place i could find to set up my microphone and um i'm an aunt now
0: is this like, the first time you've been an aunt it,
1: biologically it sure is <laughs>
0: <laughs> what 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 is non-biological ant anthood like
1: I mean, it's similar, but it's different. It's like, but, you know, I have a lot of friends with kids who call me Aunt Christina. Oh,
0: I had some aunts when I was a kid that I later me found too. out were not at all related to me.
1: Yeah, I had I had my, my Aunt Betty and some other people like that too. Exactly. Well, congrats. Thank you. Thank you. Christian Easton Warren, not to be confused with me, Christina Easton Warren <laughs> uh, was born on May 1st and uh, mom and baby are doing well. Uh, there was a, there was a, Unplanned C-section because uh, his shoulders were a little bit too big for Kelly's body. Uh, yeah, but he's he's doing well. They're doing well. So uh, he was born on Saturday and then we're released from the hospital on Wednesday. I got in on Wednesday. So I've been, it's now as we record this Friday. And uh, I've been um, with the family soaking up uh, baby time. It's uh, it's pretty great. He's, he's a chill baby so far. So... Uh, the dog likes him a lot, which is good. Because Kelly has a um, <laughs> um, she has she has a she has a, um, a, a poodle, a miniature poodle. It would suck to have
0: to rehome the baby.
1: It really would. It really would. <laughs> it, to have to rehome the baby would not be a good thing. Note that the no, Boo Bear, the dog, is 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 in love, and um, the family, everybody's doing well. But yeah, so babies, man.
0: Yeah. So we, we uh, typically do not get excited about babies, but I feel like uh, you've, you've softened in the face of actually having one in the family.
1: Yeah. I mean, like, look, babies are generally bullshit. Right. And I'm not saying that, like, I'm completely changing my stance on that, but I'm also super happy for my sister. And uh, yeah, I've I've softened a little bit. I, I can't lie. He's so tiny. Um, Also, like, I get to be the cool aunt. I don't have to, like, pay for his college.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, you could. So, my grandma paid for my college, uh, which was uh, super handy, I guess. Uh, I had no student debt when I came out. Um, I don't think that's the place of an aunt. You're right.
1: Well, also, in fairness, like... The cost of paying for your college, not to say that it wasn't um, wonderful of your grandmother and that it wasn't a sacrifice, but it's like, even with inflation, it's like several magnitudes higher yeah. now, right? Like yeah.
0: I went to school e- e- for 60,000.
1: For four years? Yeah. Yeah, so my school was like 37 or 38 for one year. What? and Jesus. yeah <laughs> and yeah and now that same school is like 65 for 1 year so and what year did you graduate from college? 2007
0: Okay yeah I graduated in 00
1: So um and now <laughs> So, but in 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 18 years, we don't even know what it'll be like, right? So, obviously, it can't continue at the rate that that, it, it, that it's currently increased. Because, pff, but um, yeah, like even state schools are like are like 20 grand a year now. I so. honestly
0: believe that in 18 years, enough Republicans will be dead. Uh, just from old age, no. Like this isn't a death threat of any kind, but that uh, some socialist ideas could finally take hold. I mean, I and hope so. Education could be free.
1: I mean, I hope so. That said, I think we severely underestimate the new breed of Republicans that will <laughs> exist then.
0: Oh, you and, mean the and, Nazis? Y- I'm familiar.
1: Well, the 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 direct Nazis, but also the people who are like oh i i i i'm down with gay people but i don't don't tax me um you know yeah and if anything more of those people will exist as people age into that like i'm just saying i don't have a whole lot of I don't necessarily trust the Zoomers. Is all I'm saying. I don't. I don't necessarily trust the Zoomers uh, <laughs> to be to be the woke like heroes that we're expecting. Uh, so we'll see. I, I do. I don't think that it can continue at this rate. Right. Like it. It. it, it the cost increased substantially even while I was in school. But uh, anyway, that's a whole uh, tangent. Anyway, I'm not paying for yeah. college, so I'm saying. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I, I will buy him. I will buy him cool shoes and um, and and give him gum and uh, teach him the, the 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 dirty lyrics to all the all the songs. But uh, yeah, so somebody I, else can pay for school.
0: I don't have a single nephew. I have five nieces, and there's another baby on the on the way, and statistically, Aww. it's going to be a girl. But I don't. I I wouldn't necessarily want to be the only boy when all of your siblings and all of your cousins were girls. I think, I think that would be a little bit, uh, maybe, maybe that makes boys turn out better. I don't know. I
1: don't know. I don't know. So, so in my family, we were the opposite. So Kelly and I are the only two girls who were born in like, I don't even know, like, hundred years or something. There are three. Okay. I'm not even joking. I'm I'm actually not even joking here. So like, if you look through like my direct family tree on the Warren side, so not talking about my mom's side, but like the Warren side, um, in, it was like, it's like 75 or hundred years. There were three women born. It was like my cousin, Lisa was the first Kelly was the second. I was the third. Um, the next one we got, Lisa did have a daughter, but then that, you know, didn't have the last name Warren. Um, And then um, my cousin, Chris, um, he has two daughters who were born in the 2000s. So it is incredibly, incredibly uncommon to have women with the last name Warren, at least in my direct family tree. like incredibly uncommon. Um, And so like, like uh, my, my, um, I had three male cousins who all, except for Chris, have multiple male sons my dad's, um, you know, all of his cousins, you know, all of that, like, is just, it's incredibly, incredibly male heavy for whatever case. So, uh, the other cousins or I guess second cousins or whatever the term is, but they'll, they'll be called his cousins because they live in Atlanta who are closer to his age or whatever, are all boys. Um, but, uh, yeah. So, I I have no idea. I mean, obviously he's, he's going to have an, an aunt only, uh, but, uh, and he's right now, you know, the house is actually, uh, for, you know, uh, for the first time, not completely female dominated. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be three women and, and two men in the house right now. But, um, at least in the house that we're living in. Um, actually I guess it's male heavy if you count the dogs, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I, I don't, I don't know. All I'm saying is, is that this was one of those things where Kelly and I were the anomalies and, yeah. and he is like right on track. Like everyone, my mom fully expected to have a boy, uh, and was actually, they were very concerned that I was going to be a boy, uh, why they didn't get the ultrasound and realized that wasn't the case. I'm not really sure. Uh, I guess they, they didn't look at it that way, but I I kicked a lot apparently. And, uh, and so everyone was like, well, you've got a boy because boys kick, which is such bullshit. It's like, (laughs) because honestly, I mean, I I can't think of anyone who's like less masculine (laughs) than me, (laughs) you know, in, in, in those, in those senses. So, Yeah.
0: Oh man, I feel like we segue into talking about trans people in sports, but we're not gonna.
1: No, we are absolutely not. I'm no.
0: <laughs> I actually have a lot to say on that, but I I don't. This isn't. Let's the not show.
1: do it this week. It's not the week for this. Fuck Caitlyn Jenner. Yeah, like fuck this her is so the fu- show.
0: This just isn't the episode. I'm not. I'm not there today.
1: No, I'm. I'm not either. Again, fuck Caitlyn Jenner. Like seriously, fuck you. You fucking fuck. But what? like. But
0: like all it. of this legislation, like half of the U.S. states currently are bringing forward l- legislation. I know. Let's to not talk it about it. Let,
1: I know. Let, let's 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 say in our zone for this week, <laughs> and we will go into this because honestly, neither of us are, are athletes. Neither of us
0: are like politicians, and neither of us we are have, trans. Um, exactly. I, I exactly. That's a, the most important I thing. Do neither of us are trans. Yes. This distracted me early on. When you say you're on the floor, are you laying down?
1: I'm sitting. I Uh, was laying earlier.
0: Um, I can lay down. I've always been curious what it would be like to podcast laying down. I did an episode of Systematic once with uh, uh, with with John John John, uh, from the Long Winters. What I am blanking on everything today. Roderick John Roderick. I did an episode with John Roderick where he was sick and he was laying in bed while podcasting, and I've been curious about it ever since. So now
1: I, I'm um, on my um, elbows, but yeah.
0: You don't sound any different. I feel like it could work.
1: Yeah, I know, because I'm, I'm making sure that my mic placement is good.
0: So I got a job.
1: Yes, hell we, yeah. We knew that, I, but I started We knew, we knew this was coming, but you started your job. Yeah, so last week, listeners, we did not record because um, of job stuff. You, you need to get ready. And then I had some some work conflicts or whatever, and, and we took the week off, which was great for you. So tell me all about the new job. How's, how's onboarding going? Welcome to Oracle.
0: Well, so, like, I haven't actually started any projects yet. Like, this whole not. week was... Uh, getting set up, going through training videos, filling out tax forms, signing up for benefits. Despite that, I've had to be in, one, two, three, five, nine, like 10 meetings in the last four days. Mm -hmm. Uh, And in those meetings right now, like I spend the whole meeting looking up acronyms and and projects in confluence to figure out what the hell everyone's talking talking about. about
1: Oh Oh my God, this, this, this mirrors my experience when I joined Microsoft to a T like my first several weeks, I had like a whole onboarding plan where I was in so many meetings for like all day and I had no idea what anybody was talking about. I had to look up all the acronyms, um, I, you know, to like go through the onboarding process, I went on a listening tour where I talked to people on my team and like asked them what the best way to work with them was and tried to figure out what it was that they did. Like that was what my manager suggested I do. He called it a listening tour. It was actually a very good thing. Uh, So if you work with a lot of people, if you have that opportunity, I do suggest that because it was actually one of the better things that I did when I was onboarding. But yeah, the acronyms, man. (laughs) <laughs> They're not what you would think either. Like we have an acronym for CSS, which is not cascading style sheets.
0: That's confusing. Which is we, confusing. I keep saying H-O-L, which I have just assumed is hands-on learning. Uh, Cause we're in like, I I'm in the tech writing part and right. a lot of our projects say H-O-L. And I think it's like how to's and stuff, but I haven't had a chance to ask about that one yet. They teamed me up. I have like a, an onboarding buddy who has only been at Oracle for 3 weeks. And like so we're blind leading the blind. I love it. We're more it's more that we're commiserating about being new than it is like she's helping me actually. She she's giving me her experience from 2 weeks ago. It's actually pretty helpful. I,
1: I was going to say it's not bad. I didn't ever have a buddy. What we had, because we could meet in person then, is that we had new employee orientation, which was like the first day. And that was a few hours. And then you went into like whatever business group you were in. And then you, you know, got lunch with somebody who was like one of your coworkers. And I guess she technically was my buddy, but she was also like the only, like my team was really small. So she was also kind of like my counterpart on another team. We had lunch. I got my laptop. I set up, started to set up that process. And then we had like a week or so later, we had like a a reunion sort of thing between like the new orientation thing where people met up and I met some other um, people who were the only people who looked like me, but this was all their first jobs out of college. And that was clearly not me, but everybody else was like well grizzled into the corporate America thing and like looked older um, and I look young, so they all thought I was a fellow teen. So I like hung out with the new grads and we used to get lunch like every week for a while, which was nice.
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm going to remain a remote worker, even, uh, even if they bring people back into the office, which I'm very happy about. Totally.
1: No, but, I, but I just meant like, it was a similar thing in that I had like somebody, like we, we had people who we could like commiserate about like new. Oh, sure. Knew. Yeah. I, that was just nice. the lunch
0: thing got me. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, the, I when I signed up for benefits, uh, it was super cool that if you have a partner that you live with, you can get the exact same benefits for them as you would for a spouse, even if they're not tax dependent. I love that. So I'm able to get health care, health, health, yeah, insurance and life insurance and vision and all of that for L. And we don't have to do that marriage thing. It is. I'm. I'm impressed. I didn't know that was a thing.
1: It is. Yeah. I, I, this is again. Like I'm so. I, I'm. The, this job is so good for you for so many reasons. But um, as much as people shit on like big corporate companies, and they should because there are a lot of problems with them. Like one of the biggest advantages is the benefit structure and the other like perks and stuff that you get. Like it's just like. My life substantially increased for the better for all of those things, you know, like, um, cause Grant has been, um, he, he unemployed and, and then not like with a, you know, job that like gave him like insurance or whatever and things like that. And like having that, you know, covered and having L have be able to be on your insurance and get the life insurance and get the other things. And like, it's just, it's really, really nice.
0: Yeah. Um, I was getting nervous sitting through all those meetings and hearing about all of the projects that the team had in the works. I was getting nervous about my ability to jump in uh, in what they were talking about. So I had a, a one-on-one with my manager, and the first, first project I'll be working on is just the, – uh, there's like an index page with like uh, a bunch of the different – Programs, as they try to reach out more to front-end and Mm -hmm. uh, personas that, because Oracle has always been enterprise and they've always been on a license model. And uh, they just, there's not an appeal there for even front-end, back-end developers, uh, data scientists that aren't working in enterprise, things like that. And uh, so my job will just be to write blurbs for this index page, for all of these different services, which will be a perfect chance for me to get a cursory understanding of all of these products. And then then the next project will be setting up a GitHub repo and defining a structure and converting a bunch of stuff to markdown. And I'm like, holy shit, I knew this job was going to be perfect for me.
1: You know this is great. This is so great. Yeah, this is this is perfect on so many levels. This is really exciting, and uh, I mean I, we we were talking over text um, before on this show, and I I was the only thing I was trying to tell you was to like don't freak out about feeling like you have to do it all because a they're gonna give you things to start with that are exactly in your wheelhouse, and b and this is the best part. But it's also frustrating. Uh, but it, but it's really good at the beginning. Stuff is going to move so slowly, like you're you're going to be you have no idea what to do. I mean, four years in, I still am at a point right now where I'm like, should I be doing more? Uh, and because we're used to either like me with like journalism and you with like startup stuff and and with other like you know clients where like you have to get it done and things in in corporate kind of enterprise world they just move slowly like there are times where you'll have deadlines and projects that you'll have to work on really quickly like I had a project last summer where our deadline was was frankly by any stretch it was ridiculously truncated like it was it was dumb how fast we had to move but those are few and far between like most of the time it's you know you do it and you're like okay, what next? And, and you're like, hey, should I be doing something else? And and people are like, nope.
0: Yeah. Well, like well, there, we have standups, uh, Tuesday yep. and Thursday and, uh, is that right? Yeah. Tuesday and Thursday. And between the Tuesday and the Thursday one, pretty much everyone's update on Tuesday was that their project was blocked in some way or another, and then on Thursday, it was basically just ditto, like, mm-hmm. which always makes me question the utility of stand-up meetings. That's always been uh, even even my last go-round in corporate America. I was the team leader, and we kind of canned the idea of stand-ups and just did, uh, like, uh, text updates. But anyway, I can, I can work with corporate culture. I can do that, but... Uh, So my team is the the U.S. people on my team are almost entirely West Coast, which means we don't have any meetings before 10 a.m. for me, which is 8 a.m. for them, which I I love. I get some I get some like me time Uh, right now. I'm putting it into like my own coding projects. uh, But once things get started, it'll be like some uninterrupted work time that I won't have to shift focus to meetings and stuff but half my team is international Mm -hmm. and the my uh i one one of the people that i need to interface with is in italy and he he has always ahead right and he has always had like he has to work till like 8 Mm p.m uh in order to meet with the people in california so he was super excited that I actually get up at 5.30 in the Midwest. And so he scheduled a meeting next week for what is, for me, 7 a.m. And I'm going to take it. I'm I'm going to try it. Uh, I, I kind of don't want to set a precedent that I am available before 8 a.m. my own time. But we'll see.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, I think that's fair. I mean... And I, okay, so I work with people who are in Australia, who are in China, who are in Europe, uh, and, um, the, the, the time zone thing is always, uh, an issue. And in Australia, it's sometimes almost easier because they are like, what are they? I guess they're like 14 hours, um, ahead, um, and, uh, or something like that, or, or, 16 hours i'm not even sure how many hours ahead they are but there it, it you you can almost it's one of those things where like at 3 p.m my time it's like early for them but like th- not too early for them to be like dead asleep right so it can be like maybe like 9 a.m or something sure um and uh so, so we, we can find 9 a.m, to a.m. Do the it, next
0: day it,
1: well yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah 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 um and and so um the europe ones are hard on the west coast exactly as you described because it's like a 10 hour difference it's it's, it's 9 or 10 hours depending on what um what country they're in but it, it, and like for you i think it's it's a uh, 7 hours yeah. for italy um cuz it's it's 6 for east coast and but then there are some countries where it might be like an hour ahead or behind i don't i can't do the math in my head <laughs> right now um but those are the hard ones uh and in china is is can be in asia can be a disaster so sometimes a lot of those people have to do like really long you know their work shifts have to be kind of truncated in other ways so they want to do meetings and we what we try to do is we try to split things up where we have like evening um meetings and then we have morning meetings like every other week for our our group meetings so we'll have like one at 5:30 um, each, uh, Pacific time. So that's eight thirty Pacific, uh, for an all hands. And then the, the, the following one will be at like nine thirty in the morning. So we try to alternate those ways, Wait, but you yeah, have
0: meetings uh, at five thirty in the morning.
1: No, uh, sometimes, uh, no five thirty in the
0: evening. Oh, okay.
1: Um, but, but, uh, yeah, we, we try not to have meetings scheduled before 8am Pacific but I have before had to get on the call with with people in other countries at like 5 a.m. Um, if there was just no other way for it to work. But yeah, I mean, we, we try to make it somewhat equ- equitable just because we work with a lot of people who are all over the place. But typically how it works, and this is shitty, but it is what it is. The company is based in North America. That typically becomes what you defer to. You know, like the, that's the thing that is going to get more like if, if it came down to rock paper scissors of who's going to who you're going who's going to have to alter their schedule it's usually the people who are not in the com- in, in the country where the company is based yeah
0: so i so like i, I get up at 5:30 and then between 6 and yoga which is usually 7:45 uh, i've been doing my own coding projects which i was worried i wouldn't have time for anymore but I actually was able to add in like a whole if then uh, logic syntax to bunch. I I swore I was putting a feature freeze on it until the beta was finished, but then I got this bug and I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to add if that, so you can like, if this app is running or if this other bunch is open, or if this variable contains this string, like there's this whole syntax now with if, if else, and, or if, else, if, and, uh, else and you can like control entire blocks. you can make like one bunch that does a hundred different things. It got crazy. Oh, cool. Yeah.
1: Now now I hope you put a feature freeze until the beta.
0: Yeah, we'll see. I wanna, I'm considering adding a feature request that was for the ability to uh, read JSON, either from a script or from a file and create uh, dialogues, like multiple Uh, choice dialogues with JSON. And it just sounds like fun.
1: (laughs) That would be fun. I, I just, my only concern with you is like, you've got to ship at some point, you got to ship a beta. And if you keep adding features, then yeah, like, know. like, you, like you, you can't do it. Like you, you got, you got to, you, you, got, to, you got to, you got to scope, you, like you got to scope your project. <laughs> that has never been my, my forte.
0: I know it hasn't, but if you're wanting to turn this into a commercial thing, you're going to need to. Oh my God. You know what? So I had thought I, I had flipped the switch to compile marked for, for Apple Silicon. And mm-hmm. uh, I had just assumed, because right? he didn't give me any warnings or errors, I had assumed I was building universal binaries. I wasn't. Like, <laughs> I had a DTK way ahead of schedule, but I've been putting out Rosetta versions of Mark and now I have to figure out, like... Because it uses a bunch of libraries that aren't compiled for right, universal. For, for, right. And so I have to go through and figure out exactly which libraries are holding. So that's like a whole weekend right there. Just oh, I no, get totally to universe.
1: Yeah. I mean, my, my hope is that by now, maybe a bunch of those libraries, like other people have compiled them and updated them, you know? Um, since it's well, been yeah, uh, and part of, like, like most
0: of them are open source, and I can just recompile them. I just have to. Well, that's what I meant. Them. Like you
1: can recompile and, and and do it. Like you you're gonna have to recompile, and like that's part of your weekend thing. But I'm hoping at this point, like most of the libraries have already been updated. Uh, you know, at
0: that point, so it, it'll be a weekend, but hopefully, it won't be too much of a of a pain. I have I have more to say about Apple Silicon, but uh, first, I I wanted to do our our review segment. Yes, we we have some new reviews. Uh, J. Excellent,
1: R- thank you, thank you, listeners.
0: Yes, and and keep them coming. J. R. Duncan's five stars. If you know of Christina Warren, you know you need more Christina Warren content in your life. Parentheses. Sorry, Brett, I'm a recent listener and still getting to know you, but you seem cool. Overtired brings even less filtered Christina Warren, Taylor Swift coverage, nerdy programming and tech stuff, parentheses, no, like really nerdy and mental health discussions too. What more could you ask for?
1: That's awesome. And uh, junior
0: you're going to be a huge fan of Brett because Brett's the best. And then uh, from Final Broadcast, Cool Weirdos for Cool People, a podcast about whatever the hosts want, like a morning chat show, but made by people that aren't Botox and reading teleprompters. It's brilliant. Check it out now. And then my favorite one, it's five stars, but it's titled Over-Tailored is the Worst. <laughs> yes,
1: and, yes. And the yes. review
0: says, JK, I love it a lot.
1: Over tailored. Oh my God. Why have we never thought of that? I'm dying. I'm like actually dying. That's so good.
0: Um, I can't remember if we read this one last time or not, but from Dayton TP, it's just titled, I can relate five stars. For someone with anxiety, OCD, and stays up too late each night, I can relate to many of the topics and discussions on this podcast. I have also been in software development for over 20 years, so I enjoy that side of the discussion as well. I love... These reviews are... We don't get a lot of, like, uh, uh, analytics on who actually listens to this show. We just get numbers. We know this many people are listening, but we don't know who they are. So these reviews kind of give us... Like I had assumed uh, we had a tech nerd kind of group, but this this helps prove it.
1: It does. I love it. Thank you listeners. you're the best and uh, over tailored. Oh, my God.
0: <laughs> yes. Um, who that was from Colony FM is cool.
1: Colony well, FM is cool. That's so good. And uh, th- thank you, listeners. And also, I uh, just want to go back uh, before we go into our, our next thing, which I think is our ad read, but I just want to say congrats to you again on the new job. I hope you're enjoying things. And I know it's overwhelming at first, but I'm yeah. so excited for you. And I think that this is going to be really, uh, really good. Thank so. you. Thank
0: you very much. Um, okay. So, wait, wait, this isn't... I had the ad read edited oh no
1: it's on the other machine
0: it is all right fuck it i'm gonna we'll do it live yep wouldn't it be great if there were a pocket-sized guide that helped you sleep focus act or maybe just be better there is and if you have 10 minutes headspace can change your life headspace is your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditations in an easy to use app Headspace is one of the only apps advancing the field of mindfulness and meditation through clinically validated research. Headspace meditations start at just one minute each, and they even have a set of walking meditations so they're easy to fit into even the busiest schedule. Headspace is proven to help you feel better. Their approach to mindfulness can reduce stress, improve sleep, which I can attest to, boost focus, and increase your overall sense of well-being. Whatever the situation, Headspace really can help you feel better. I'm loving the sleepcasts. I'm loving the daily meditations. I, I, I'm i a huge Headspace fan. Uh, I actually I, I don't get it for free despite doing this ad read. Uh, I pay happily for Headspace on a yearly subscription. Uh, if you're feeling overwhelmed, Headspace even has a three-minute SOS meditation that you can do anytime you need it and i don't know if you need convincing to uh to to under, to believe that meditation is good for you but i as an adhd person used to be very skeptical uh i just i didn't think that i didn't think a brain like mine could do what i thought meditation was all about but headspace really made it easy to uh to start and to quickly realize that there are probably even more benefits for people with really noisy brains. Uh, Headspace just, it makes it so uh, simple and they lay it out so easily and they make everything uh, just clear and you can immediately start benefiting from it. Um, Headspace is backed by 25 published studies on its benefits, 600,000 five-star reviews and over 60 million downloads. Headspace makes it easy for you to build a life-changing meditation practice with mindfulness that works for you on your schedule, anytime, anywhere. So our listeners deserve to feel happier and Headspace is meditation made simple? Go to headspace.com slash overtired. That's Headspace.com slash overtired for a free one-month trial with access to Headspace's full library of meditations for every situation. This is the best deal they offer. So head to headspace.com slash overtired today. Thanks, Headspace. Fantastic. Do we do we wanna talk about uh setting up an M one mini or do we wanna talk about Basecamp?
1: Um, let's talk about Basecamp real quickly because I think that I wanna get into the the frankly the the setting up the M one mini stuff more.
0: Okay. Uh,
1: uh but I do wanna I talked. we talked about Basecamp a little bit on Rocket this week, although it, it we didn't Oh, you didn't get the unfiltered version. Um, what has been
0: your take as? Because you've been using Ruby oh, f- forever for Rails forever, right? Well, I I never got into Rails. I mean, I can use Rails, but Ruby, yes. But, okay, but Rails and but Basecamp, like, no.
1: Okay, but but like you've been somebody who I mean, like you've like watched like I mean you've been reading thirty seven signals and and yeah, following them yeah. for forever, right? Like right like yeah. that's accurate
0: yeah it yeah is.
1: same um i've always been a fan uh this whole like last week and a half has been kind of a what in the hell like how to destroy um a company in uh in 10 days right like
0: well so uh, give, give a brief synopsis of the the news around base camp. okay
1: all right, so Basecamp is a company that makes Basecamp, which is project management software that uh, people apparently use. No <laughs> one, th- I actually know.
0: It's been around for a yeah, decade exactly. or more.
1: It's been around for, yeah, like 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 18 years or whatever. And it used to be a really big deal, like in the Web 2.0 era, but it's not really anymore to be, I'm that's not shade, that's being honest. Yeah. Uh, people use other things. Um, some people really like it and I'm not like, discounting that i'm just saying if you look at like the services that people use now it is not one of them uh, but they also make the Hey email service and um, uh, david heimer hansen and jason Fried are the founders and they posted on their blog before some employees found out i should add which is kind of a shitty thing um last week that there was going to be no more political discussion at work and um that seemed kind of weird. Oh, and they were also cutting to use their term paternalistic benefits, which basically meant like wellness benefits and, and some other things, which kind of amounts to a pay decrease. If if you really think about it, they're like, Oh, we'll we'll give you the cash sum for this year, but they didn't say anything about next year. And given the changes that have since happened, I kind of feel like those, that money is probably not going to be guaranteed for next year either. Um, and, political discussion was weird in this case the saying you can't have any conversations about it because oh and they're also dissolving all committees including the newly formed um uh, uh, diversity equity and inclusion committee that like more than a third of the company had joined um and them saying that they weren't going to be doing politics was kind of weird because they are famous for being very outspoken on their blogs in congress uh, and, uh, on, on podcasts and on other things about a, the way that like they believe that work should be done and the business should be run, you know, they like hold themselves up as kind of like these scions of like, we know the correct way of like running a business and, 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 you know, doing things the, the, the best way. But also, they have been like very outspoken against um, uh, policies in the App Store and and what what Apple is doing in the Apple versus Epic trial, testifying in front of Congress about you know against you know big tech and things like that, which I'm sorry I think uh, are inherently political acts when you testify in front of Congress. So it seemed a little weird that that would happen. And they later then put a blog post out clarifying, oh no, we can still talk about politics in our own spaces, even though the their blogs are de facto company blogs and in front of Congress, because that's related to our work, but no one else can have any conversation about it. Then reporting came out and it came out like, we were like, well, what happened? Like what, what's, what's the big deal here? And it turned out that there was a list that was created more than a decade ago um, called best names ever, which was, you know, kind of a place to collect the funniest sounding names um, of customers, which is not a great look. But I, I mean, I've worked at places where, you know, you make fun of stuff that comes in. Sure. Probably but wouldn't keep,
0: that's guaranteed probably wouldn't in to be list racist. Form. Like, even if it doesn't start out racist, it's going to be racist. Oh,
1: 100 percent. It's also one of those things where, like, even if it's like you, your intentions are good or whatever and, and, and or, you know, are not good, but are, are like, I guess, benign. Don't don't create the list. I don't know. It just seems to me like that's just don't like an obvious thing. Trail. Yes. Like, I'm sorry. I mean, and I say this is someone who, you know, worked at a company whose entire Campfire, oh, Campfire is also a product they used to make and then they killed and let Slack basically exist. Slack wouldn't exist if Campfire has still been a thing, but that's a whole other digression. Um, and like I worked at, you know, Gawker Media, who's, Campfire and Slack histories were admitted into evidence in a court case that did not that played a not insignificant role in the jury, the idiot jury in Tampa siding with Hulk Hogan um, and bankrupting the company. Uh because stuff that people write in the company chats, when taken devoid of any context. Uh, and even with proper context, can be horrifying when you see how people are talking amongst friends and coworkers and stuff, you know, especially if you're uh, journalism is a little bit different because you tend to be really macabre and really edgy. But even in normal work times, you know, there's stuff that people say that isn't going to be the best if you look at it from the outside, right? Yeah. So I don't know my feeling is reduce the paper trail of like the the racist like list, making fun of people's names as much as possible. So people brought up this list and were like, hey, this isn't a good thing. We should get rid of it. And then there was debate about whether or not the list was racist, I guess. And DHH went through the campfire logs and found that somebody who was arguing against the list now, who was like, this is not okay, had apparently contributed to it like a decade ago which you know what people are allowed to change and grow and evolve so he finds this and like pulls it up as a receipt well you you commented on this before as kind of an aha gotcha and then says some other things and then he got reported to hr hr did nothing because he's the founder of the company so what are you going to do he also none of the employees have shares in the company so like they have no power Um, and then it was like, after that investigation that they were like, you know what? No one can talk about politics at work. All right. That was last week. Then at the end of last week, there was an all hands meeting that was very contentious. And after the meeting, a third of the staff quit, like 20 plus people left the company, like mass exodus, including people who'd been there a really long time. Like, and one of like the, the, the senior, like, like, biggest like rails contributors and, and, uh, people who've like maintain a lot of their libraries. And then the subsequent recording reporting came out and said, well, the reason that the exodus happened was that a guy who works there, who was like been there for 18 years, who ran strategy and one of the most senior employees got into a fight with a black employee about whether or not white supremacy existed Uh, Or and um, and claimed that it didn't exist at base camp and that no one that he associated with it worked and that it was actually racist to suggest that it did exist. And. uh, Oh,
0: so Tucker Carlson works there.
1: Wow. Basically, 100 percent. I mean, and look, you can I I, I don't think this disqualifies anybody from working anywhere. I want to be really clear on that. And I I, am not opposed to people having political opinions that are completely opposed opposite mine at all. Like, I think that that's how the world needs to work. Um, we need push and pull, but this guy has, you know, given money to, to Trump, which fine. Um, but apparently, and they deleted. Oh, this is the best part. This company that's really committed to transparency a week before they announced all the changes to happening to the company that of course were announced on a blog before the employees found out they deleted like 20 years worth of campfire messages. Like they deleted the entire chat history of everything that had ever happened. Um, so I guess like after David was able to like pull receipts to call out someone who works for him with his position of power and and authority, uh, and, and was, you know, complained about for that, they were like, okay, well, I guess to risk any of this temptation, we'll just delete years and years worth of, of back conversations. So no one can find anything, um, which, you know, not that that like, institutional knowledge is stored there, too, right? Like so people knowing how to onboard and how to how to, you know, get access to certain things are are probably also gone. But anyway, um, but apparently this guy before this call had a history of actually being more political than a lot of other employees and and like sharing links from Breitbart and 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 pushing his agenda. um anyway, he was he was he went on his rant. He was thanked by, I, I don't think thanked in this in the sense that maybe some of the employees took it. I don't think that the Jason Freed was like, Thank you for speaking up. I would think he was just like, all right, thanks for like you said your piece, thank you, we'll move on to the next person. Regardless, there was, you know, acrimony there. He was suspended, then he resigned. But on the call, they were asked unequivocally to denounce white supremacy, and they didn't do it. Jason Freed couldn't do it. He finally managed to be able to say it to Casey Newton several days later when Casey Newton reached out to him when he was writing about the story. But they admitted these people who, again, have written management books about how awesome they are at management and how great they are at running companies and how you should always do things their way. And if you take venture capital and if you do anything that is not what they did, uh, also they took money from Jeff Bezos, so they're complete hypocrites, um, then then you are wrong. Um, didn't know how to handle this employee implosion and didn't know how to handle this very acrimonious situation. And I'm not saying that it would be an easy thing to handle when you have like your small company sort of imploding at in all hands. I'm not saying that would be an easy management thing at all. I don't know if I could handle it, but I also haven't written five management books talking about what a great manager I am. So now a third of the company is gone. Um, they, uh, uh, it, it's a mess it's it's a complete clusterfuck so i'm i'm curious about your take kind of watching this because i've i've gone from oh also dhh who i've met a number of times has blocked me on twitter for saying stop dude which is personally hilarious to me um but uh i, I i've watched with kind of a mixture of horror and then like almost like bizarre like not enjoyment because i feel bad for the people who work there but it's it's like been macabrely entertaining to see something implode so spectacularly, completely from their own doing.
0: I guess my only reaction, I don't have any uh, emotional investment in, in Basecamp. I, I get some entertainment, uh, some disappointment, sure. Of course. But yeah, I mean, really, it's just a kind of a holy shit moment, like watching everything implode explode however you want to look at it it's it's uh it's a lot I uh I don't have any real strong feelings though
1: yeah yeah no I I think that that's probably similar to where I am I just I I initially I wanted to talk about it because DHH blocked me on Twitter which was just <laughs> the most like thin-skinned dumbass thing you can imagine well,
0: he was having I a even... bad day
1: I mean, granted, but he blocked anybody who seemed to respond to him because he was tw- he was trying to tweet through it. This was this is his biggest mistake. Never ever ever try to blog or tweet through like the shitstorm. Like if you become the uh, there's this this great tweet uh that happened like a year ago which is like every day someone on Twitter becomes the villain of the day and your goal in life is to not become that person. Yeah. And that is absolutely true. There is one person every day who everybody piles on and you know, um, I haven't ever been the the villain of the day, but I've been the victim of people piling on me. uh, Ironically, a lot of times people now in the context, bring it up of like people on the left, like piling on, I've been piled on by the right. Like I've, I've had, you know, like uh, Glenn Beck and people like that, like try to get me fired. Um, And uh, it's not fun. Um, I've had people send me like holocaust imagery and shit to my instagram and uh you know it's it, it's it's not it's not a fun time um and i i don't wish like some of the pylon that they're getting i don't think it's deserved you don't want to be that villain of the day person but if that happens to you the absolute worst thing you can do is to try to tweet through it and try to like respond to people and defend it and whatnot like that is the worst Just thing you can
0: dark. do exactly and like out.
1: Just wait it out, like, and 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 I don't even think you need to deactivate your account because I think sometimes that makes it worse. Just shut up because it will pass, and that's all I was trying to say to him. I was just like, "Dude, stop! Like, like, stop! Like, you're you're making this worse." And uh, apparently, that offended him very much, and he blocked me. I wish I was like, okay, well, I wasn't really speaking out that much except to say that I thought that there were certain ironies in this, but now. Fuck it, you can't see my tweets anyway. So, um, I, I, again, it's like watching a car wreck. I don't know.
0: And now we segue also, into our avoidance yeah. of talking about the myth of cancel culture.
1: One hundred percent, one hundred percent. Uh, but but now, now speaking of car wrecks, let's talk about setting up your M1 Mac oh. for work.
0: Okay, so here's the situation. I had a an Intel MacBook Pro that was working great. I loved it. But then I got this, uh, $500 certificate from Apple and I had a little extra cash thanks to paying off my credit cards. Thanks last week's sponsor and, uh, and a new job. And, uh, so I decided to get, a uh, pimped out new Mac mini and, uh, I also got a a laptop from Oracle. So right now at my desk, I have two laptops and a mini and a hub that has my display and my keyboard and everything that I'm kind of using as a manual KVM where I just like pull the USB-C cable out of one and stick it in the other, depending on which one I want to use, and then use uh, uh, screens to like VNC between three different computers. And then I had to write a, a bunch that put a small image in the lower left-hand corner of the display to remind me which computer I was on at the time because my goal has been set them to set them all up very similarly with, like, the same dock layout and the same app uh, configuration and everything. Anyway, uh, the thing that, like, ideally, I get the Mac Mini set up as my only personal machine and I get to hand to my MacBook Pro... Uh, down to L and the usual chain of hand-me-down computers. And, uh, the problem I'm running into is the, the M1 chip. Uh, you can't, the only version of Ruby that will install on an Apple Silicon machine is Ruby 3.0.1, which you cannot install on an intel machine you can only install 3.0.0 0. 0. so i have that tiny little conflict right there but things like my jekyll blog that i've been using for uh, like 8 years now A decade yeah um like i that requires uh, ruby 2.6.5 and mm-hmm. i cannot find like you can okay so the other problem is node The only version of Node you can install is 16. And I need uh, both 10 and 11 to run some versions of SAS that I require. And you can fix that by launching iTerm. Like, you open up in in, uh, Finder, you open up Info, and you check run with Rosetta. And it'll load it as uh, a Rosetta app and identify its architecture as i386. You can also use uh, the arch command to like, I don't know if you would say arc or arch, but it's A-R-C-H, arch. right? Uh, And you can tell it to register uh, a command as an Intel, uh, or identify itself as Intel, so that something like an NPM install will assume your architecture is Intel. So you can get node 10 and 11 installed using those tricks, but it doesn't work for Ruby. And it's been like, everything else is pretty much working fine. All of my apps are running. I got SoundSource, uh, which ha- SoundSource and Loopback have a whole special install procedure that involves recovery mode and everything, but you can do it and it all works. It's been, it's been two weeks now of struggling to get my machine to a point where I can let go of my MacBook Pro. And it shouldn't be this hard. I I can appreciate there will be some challenges. I remember going from Motorola to Intel, and there were like a two-year transition period at least. But this is, it's been rough.
1: Yeah. No, I mean, that seems super rough. And and uh, that's frustrating, I think, on, on like the, the versions of Ruby and the Node thing. I would have hoped at this point, like that maybe Homebrew or something would have
0: fixed that. But to to homebrews credit, when I first got the DTK mini and tried to brew install, almost nothing worked, and they immediately started adding arm uh, binaries for everything. Uh, There was maybe like I we talked about brew file right, like brew bundle, like dump. Yep. Um, I oh man, so I tried. I used the combination of MacUp and and a brew file to just try to automate and dot bot and try to automatically make this computer work uh, the way my right. old one did only two packages out of about a hundred uh, failed to install with brew. So they've done a great job. All, all of the maintainers and contributors have done a great job of updating, but here's one thing I learned. If you, if you have s- things that are synced both with like, uh, brew file and with MacUp and with your own kind of Homebrew sim linking through Dropbox, they will break each other, and then things, everything on the Mini installs to slash opt slash Homebrew instead of slash user bin local, and so then all of my scripts that referred to user bin local, which I had always assumed was just always going to be the way things were, now are broken. And I had, I ended up sim linking opt homebrew to user bin local, which is probably going to turn out to be a really bad idea, but it's little thing. I, I guess it's mostly terminal stuff that I'm having, a tr- having trouble with.
1: Yeah, no, which makes sense. Honestly, this has been one of the reasons why I've been like hesitant to get a, our Mac, like are all the reasons that you're describing. And I'm going to be getting a pink iMac. um, in a couple of weeks and and this has been like one of like the my like the reasons that I I'm probably gonna I'm gonna have to use both I'm gonna have to continue to use my um, Intel for sure and, and that the Intel is more powerful I want to be clear on that too like it's a lot more powerful than what the pink one will be I'm getting that for the aesthetic and for podcasting but um, uh, and because my doge just like remarkably become worth <laughs> a lot of money. Um, but, um, yeah, I, uh, I had like that kind of same kind of, I guess, uh, like fear with some of this stuff because I was like, and I don't, my stuff isn't as complicated as yours is, but there are certain libraries and certain things that I need to use certain versions of. And that has been like my, my concern to be totally honest with this. It's
0: the kind of thing that with apps, you can wait it out, you know, maybe give it a year and they'll catch up. But Things like installing uh, uh, archival versions of, like, Ruby or Node, that's never going to be fixed. Like, there's no No, reason. No, it's not. All of the development is going to go into the head and the edge versions of the the libraries. And no one is going to fix old versions. So, basically, my only option, and your only option, would be to update all of the things that require older libraries on your own. So I'm going to be doing a whole lot of uh, uh, Jekyll programming so that I can use the latest version of Jekyll. Uh, But the only reason I can't is because I've written uh, 25-some custom plugins that don't work with the latest version of Jekyll. If I could revamp all of those plugins... Uh, I could just, I could just update and I'd have my blog on my computer again, instead of having to yeah. SSH into my 2012 Mac mini that runs in the corner.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was going to say your best bet might be, honestly, I would like look at, and maybe Oracle will even be able to, I don't know if you get like free credits or whatever, like I get free Azure credits and whatnot, but like it might be worthwhile to have like a, a VPS someplace um, where you could just have your scripts, so you wouldn't even have to SSH into your into your um, you know twenty twelve um, Mac Mini. Like you just have like a, a small little dev box. It'd just it would just be a small one, you know, a small VPS running that has your scripts and stuff on it, and then just set up like you know a remote extension that way. Like that's oh. one of the reasons I like Visual. I like Visual Studio Code is the remote extension. I can like literally log into another machine and have like. Even have containers running and stuff like that, but have wow. it all natively like on my Mac, um, and uh, so that that might be an option.
0: Here is the other problem I'm running to running into with setup of these three different machines is the Oracle machine has a bunch of like y- y- you are according to company policy only supposed to install apps that are available through their software management system. And I flouted that rule almost immediately. Of course. And uh, IT would frown on what I've done with the machine. I have kept it secure. Uh, Everything is encrypted. I use the VPN, except for half of the things I need to do for work are, you can't do with the VPN running. I can't even use Git with the VPN running. But I also can't use, I can't, right. It blocks all traffic. Uh, Jesus, right? Wow. It's 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 intense, and uh, I can't use like Zoom without the VPN running, so I can't simultaneously be on Zoom and pull a Git repo from GitHub. It's not ideal.
1: That's not ideal. So how do how do other people deal with that? Because I can't imagine that you're the only person who needs to both be on Zoom and use Git.
0: Um, so I have a a question in the IT. Slack channel, uh, to, to asking about how, how, if there's a way to like tunnel through the VPN or something. Uh, at one point, on I installed the VPN on the mini and it gave me the option to turn off filtering, and then it didn't actually seem to do that. And next time I looked, that option was gone, so I have no idea what's going on there. I, in order to install the VPN on my mini I had to u- I had to uh, like uh trace the traffic when I did the install on the Oracle machine I had to trace the traffic uh cuz you can't install software when you're not on the VPN and I didn't have the VPN so I couldn't install the VPN software so I trace nice. I traced the traffic figured out where the package was coming from curled it onto the Mac mini, and then was able to install the VPN, but they make it really hard to install the VPN on non-Oracle machines. It all seems a little bit uh, convoluted to me. That's been that's been a whole trial in and of itself.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, um, our setup, God, thankfully, is not that intense, although there are a lot. I'm not surprised that like your stuff is locked down. I'm I'm surprised you can't use Get and Zoom at the same time. And that seems really intense. But we do have weird things about how our machines are provisioned. Um, although it's gotten better, and they've they've especially as people have been forced to work from home, they've had to get better about like not requiring people to be logged into the VPN for everything. Some of the stuff can just be authenticated, um, in in other ways. Single. Sign but like on. if people. Exactly. Um, and, uh, you know, it helps when, when we own Active Directory. Um, and, uh, like, but we do have an instance, like, people who want to use Linux as their main machine, the VPN doesn't work on Linux. <laughs> however, however, people have figured out a way to get a VPN that will be compatible with, like, whatever the Cisco, you know, VPN thing that we use is, and then there's a way where you can extract the file and run other commands and it's completely unsupported, but people have, and they, they have it, you know, um um in in the, the the team stuff. And actually there's even a documentation thing in, in DevOps, like the describing the process of how you can get your VPN running on Linux. Um that's wholly unsupported, but people have been able to do. So I would I would think that you're definitely not the only person at Oracle who's running into this problem. And uh, I would look for like wherever your mailing lists or other sorts of things are, which are, if it's like Microsoft, and, and I, I can't imagine it's that similar, most companies are like this, There probably exists in five or six different places. So there's probably a Slack, there's probably like an actual mailing list. There might even be, you know, like a, uh, like some sort of, you know, website or in, in the intranet or whatever that people have put stuff in. Oh,
0: the, int- the intranet yeah. is like 10 different intranets. Oh God. Here's something cool I mean, though. Uh, yeah, there's an authenticator app from Oracle that gives you every, you know, like a uh, 2FA six digit yes. number every 30 seconds. It changes. You can set that up and use it as GitHub 2FA, too. That's awesome. Two different so tabs you, on it.
1: That's awesome. So, so that's using like the TOTP standard, I'm guessing,
0: which is nice. I don't know what TOTP means. This is one of those acronyms uh, I'd be looking up in the background during this meeting.
1: Well, TOTP, I can't think of what it stands for right now, but it, it basically Google... Uh, started using it for Google Authenticator, and so Authy uses it. One um, password uses it. Yeah. It's basically the yeah, common thing. This is, thing where, this like, is you,
0: basically an Authy clone.
1: Yeah. So basically, like if you scan a QR code, like when you're setting up, you know, stuff, like so that's TOTP. So that's pretty awesome because ours, our Authenticator app, um, you can use with a lot of things, but it it can't it can't be a full Authy clone. So like I still need to run Authy and my Microsoft one. Yeah. Um, the nice thing about the Microsoft one is that it does now have a prompt where I think Gothi does this too. But like if um, I am at a website and it needs to open, a notification will come up on my phone. I tap the the banner and it immediately opens up the app. So I don't have to like leave the website and and, and go into the app. Like it'll immediately like little banner comes up and says, this needs your authorization. Tap it, unlock it and then i can copy it and, and then go back
0: so it would, that's nice. it would be you know how in uh, ios whatever 12 i think it started if uh, if a, a 2fa code shows up in messages it'll mm-hmm. just yes, it'll it'll fill, it fill it in, in automatically i wish they i wish this could do that it did yeah. take me a second to realize i could just tap the code to copy it instead of like trying to memorize <sighs> it and switch back to the app obviously that should have been uh, apparent to me but yeah Anyway, no, yeah,
1: but th- 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 that's nice that at least the two fa thing can be. You can like use one thing for everything, which is nice. Um, I have to use two two fa apps, technically three because I also put for some things I put it in one password so it'll autofill. Sure. Um, we're lucky in the sense that, and and I didn't realize this until after I'd been at Microsoft for a while, and people who'd worked at other places like told us what it was like. They are pretty open about how you you can provision your own machines. Um, cause you can bring your own machine and they're even open about how you can provision like work issued ones. Um, like technically my, my Mac is a work issued machine, but it's provisioned as if it's my own, but there are still, like you said, like there are limitations and there's some stuff you can do nothing like running Git and, and, you know, the VPN at the same time, like none of that. Although if you're on the corporate network, there are certain applications you can't run, like you can't run a torrent client. It just won't work. Um, which is understandable, right? Like, I, I get that. Um, but also, there could be legitimate need, needs to you know run a torrent client if you're trying to download uh, sure. like a, something that's really difficult. So then what you have to do is you have to run a VPN on top of the VPN.
0: Yeah. Do you want to hear one more tribulation?
1: I, d- I absolutely do.
0: So obviously, I'm signing in and out of the VPN all the time, right? Yeah. It doesn't store your credentials. You have to enter the password every time. Oh no! So it means oh, no. it means popping up one password, oh, no. searching for Oracle VPN. Uh, right, right arrow, copy, enter to copy, refocus the dialog, paste the. Anyway, so what I ended up you're going to script to this, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, totally. I uh, I ended up initially I put it on a uh, key binding that I could just hit a totally. uh, sequence of keys and it filled in, but that's. That stores the password in plain text, which I knew I would absolutely that, get in trouble for.
1: 100%. And that's just a bad practice in general. Yes. Even if you wouldn't get in trouble for it, you don't want to do that. Yeah. Right.
0: So what I'm doing is a keyboard maestro macro that uses the command line security tool, uh, which mm-hmm. can look up uh, passwords in your keychain, your encrypted keychain. Mm-hmm. And uh, and and dump them out in plain text. So basically, I'm storing the password in Keychain and being able to access it with a hotkey, uh, which, nice. which puts it, you know, behind my, at least behind my uh, system login. So that's awesome. Getting there. Almost, almost have this uh, to a, uh, why can't it just store your credentials?
1: I, I mean, I agree that that seems like the dumbest thing in the world. I put in a link. Um, in the show notes for you to check out mostly, but uh, there is a command line, um, uh, one password.
0: Yeah, there, there is, but it requires constant logging in. Ah,
1: okay, well then never mind.
0: Uh like um, I love the idea of it, but it's it's not like you can't use it in scripting. It it doesn't save you any any time.
1: Oh, okay, well well then never mind. Uh because that was my first thought. So so you've you've already done the best thing yeah. because um you you can you can script it obviously with keychain. We'll let you do that. So that's but at least you did that. Um no, but I don't understand why it doesn't let. But like my our our VPN, I'm pulling it up right now to like look at it. Yeah, like it saves my credentials. Um, and and I don't. I'm very. I'm almost never on the VPN. There are a few intranet sites that require it. So ours is Global Protect, which I think is Cisco. Uh, but um, I I don't. Yeah, like mine is like my credentials are are saved. Um, and um so I don't have to deal with that. But they've slowly over the, again, it was all the pandemic thing, everybody having to work remotely. There are a few intranet sites that require you to be on the VPN to use, but they've slowly but surely gotten rid of that and then just uh, bumped up the, you know, um, single sign-on and, and Active Directory thing. That said, your machine does need to be Intune, which is which is our um, MDM or, or you know um, a, you know multi-device manager uh, tool, and so if you're trying to, for instance, even access webmail on a machine that is not Intuned, you're going to be SOL in most cases. So, like, if you want to open up a document or access the the intranet or do other stuff, you don't have to be on the VPN, but you do have to have like the the device manager client on your machine. Um, And if, and if you don't have that, then you're screwed. So some people really dislike that because they don't want their machine in tuned by the company. And then they're like, okay, well you can't access your work stuff, right? Like it's, it's a trade-off. So like my personal machines are in tuned, but I I do trust that when they tell me that they can only access, you know, certain things and they can't read any of my other stuff or see any of my other things that I I trust that's accurate. Um, I haven't run like a packet, you know, sniff thing on there, but I, I have a feeling that that if they were not doing that, that, that would be cause for concern. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it's, it's the corporate song, like, you know, song and dance stuff is always fun. Uh, my favorite was when I was at, so when Univision bought Gizmodo, they tried to enforce a corporate policy on us. And we all had Gawker laptops who, Gawker didn't care. There was literally no there was nothing, right? They were, I don't even think that we... There was, like, there was no provisioning whatsoever at all. And um, they wanted us all to move to Univision laptops. And they were like, oh, we'll give you a brand new laptop. It'll be better than your MacBook Air or whatever. And I'm like, I, I don't really want to be on your system. And then they told us, they're like, okay, but the only thing is you can only download apps that are in the Mac App Store. Mm. And if you need to do something, like even change the time, like because you need an admin password, you'd have to call and wait on hold with the Univision Massive Corporation um, tech support and get permission to get an override so that you could change the clock. Wow! And um, so I, they were really trying to force me into this. And, you know, as a reporter for a lot of people, like you're thinking, okay, well, you don't need to install these apps. You don't need to do this and that. And I'm like, no, I test stuff all the time. I run tools. I build things. Like I, I get dirty with stuff like, even for testing the latest version of Android, I need to run ADB and I need to like have like a, a tool connected and I need to like use, I, I use Homebrew all the time. Like there's stuff that I'm going to need. And so just as a test, and this was like when it, when an Android thing was was going on, like I was using one of those laptops and I waited on hold for like two and a half hours to get through, to get permission, to somehow try to convince them to let me install it. And I I timed it. And while this was happening, I refused to work because i was like this is going to be this this was me also showing my ass a little bit and i was like okay so i will do this but just so you know this took me over 3 hours to get this one thing done and i'm going to have to do this every single time i need to install any sort of weird app or do anything that is slightly you know off off spec and that happens roughly you know at, at least 4 times a week Um, maybe, you know, more, sometimes it might even be multiple times in a day. So if you want to take out that loss of productivity, that's fine. Um, uh, needless to say, I was given an exemption immediately and told I did not have to use a company laptop.
0: Speaking of, oh shit moments. That was like, it was a segue like two minutes ago, but, uh. But then, Go then you it. kept talking, um,
1: and then I kept talking because I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> That's what I do. Sunday is Mother's Day, and I haven't gotten anything. My mom will be getting some kind of gift card, probably Amazon. Uh, nice. But for anyone getting this today who actually has time to do something about it, don't forget Sunday is Mother's Day. And
1: yes, Sunday is Mother's Day. Love your moms. Love your I moms. Got my mom. Maybe I, your I, wife
0: that works for you. Well,
1: you the, the 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 mother figures in your lives, like whatever. Um, I uh. I got my mom a Taylor Swift mug. No, but she was really touched. So Taylor Swift has a song called the best day that she wrote about her mom. And um, it's really sweet. And it always makes me cry. And, it was re-recorded on Fearless because it came out on Fearless. And because, of course, she just re-released Fearless, she has all this merch that was associated with that for Mother's Day, including Mother's Day cards that had some of the lyrics on it that were sold out by the time I got the the email, which was upsetting. But I got a mug that said, I had the best day with you today, which is like a lyric from the song. And I sent it to my mom, and I was hoping to be there by Mother's Day, and it arrived last week. And my mom just like sent me... Uh, texting the mug and because she didn't know who it was from because it just was addressed to her and and i did a bad job with that <laughs> and i just assumed that she would know that if it said taylor swift that it was me apparently she then texted a bunch of friends and was like she'd spent time with them and she was like did you send this to me and they're like we have no idea what you're talking about then she googled the lyrics found the song listened to it cried and um and was, was, was like very, very touched. So I did manage to work Taylor Swift into our podcast. I was going to say, we had, we Day. had,
0: we had, uh, some health stuff. We had some tech stuff. We even had some politics and boom, we hit Taylor Swift in overtime.
1: We did in overtime. Yeah. But yeah, but, but shout out to your moms, to the moms out there. Um, I'm, uh, I'm excited. I'm going to be here until the 15th. So next week we'll be recording from, um, Atlanta on the floor as well. Um, and, uh. I am I'm, I'm excited to be able to spend my sister's first mother's day with her, mm-hmm. which is, which is neat. Um, but yeah, uh, one, more, I know we're already in overtime. But one more quick thing. This is hilarious to me because I, I know nothing about baby stuff. I know nothing about baby tech. And so now I'm kind of getting inundated into that world a little bit. And, um, I want him to listen to cool music and I want him to have stuff. And so I was like, going to buy a little Bluetooth speaker that could attach to the crib and then I was like, but I don't want that because I don't want it to always have to be paired to a phone to be able to play from Spotify or Apple Music or whatever. And then I was like, well, maybe I should just get a HomePod Mini and that would work. But HomePod Mini still doesn't work with Spotify. And my sister has Apple Music, but, me, but she might want to change. And like, I don't know. I love the the Apple ecosystem, but I always feel weird about forcing that on like family members. Sure. So Amazon makes an Echo Dot for kids, which is both horrifying but amazing to me. So it's, it's like the normal Echo Dot, but it looks like this one, one looks like a panda and one looks like a tiger. I got the one that looks like a panda and it apparently has like some kid controls. Who knows if the privacy things are any different? That is a Kelly problem to deal with. That is not a Christina problem to deal with. But, um, I ordered one of those from Amazon and, uh, today I learned is one of those things. I was like, there's a whole lot of like baby tech shit, which I've been, I guess, like tangentially aware of, but I've never had to care directly before.
0: You're like, going to be a great aunt. It's crazy.
1: Yeah. I, I hope so. I hope so. Um, I've been buying lots of um, shoes and clothes for him already.
0: Yeah. you. I, I just get to be weird Uncle Brett. I'm the only... The only non-Christian in the family, and I think they're warned not to get too close to me. But <laughs> yeah, no, it's
1: going to be awkward for for a Christian when he learns that his namesake Christina is in fact not religious. But <laughs> again, that's 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 that that's that's a future Christina problem to deal with. Um,
0: I feel right. like I feel like it's time. Like we 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 didn't even finish our list. A, no a topic i told you we were going to fill the hour we overfilled we the, the hour we hey, over that's good we, we didn't have an episode last week
1: we over tailored right. <laughs> over taylor that's the best show na- that that that, that, uh, that almost could No, nah, i almost want to save that episode title but like that's such a that's such a good that's so good over
0: yeah we're, we're gonna save that for an episode where we truly talk too much about taylor swift
1: absolutely right. maybe when she when she re-releases 1989 and that's like your jam that that'll be the tailored episode
0: alright well Christina get some sleep
1: get some sleep Brett, and congrats again on the new job I'm so happy for you hey
0: thanks the system is going down now